Welcome to episode four of How About the Muskies. I'm Connor once again. I'm joined with Matt and Andrew. Unfortunately, Matt Momardelli couldn't join us today, but the show must go on. We're going to continue. We have a big episode today. We're, pre- we're previewing the PK tournament, which starts tomorrow or today when you see this. And scary into it. The only opponent we know we're guaranteed to play is pretty much the host of the tournament, Oregon. Not a great draw there. But Oregon, they're currently 2-2. Two and two. They defeated... FAMU in Montana State, and they lost to number three Houston and UC Irvine, which isn't that good of a loss. It's kind of a bad loss for them. They started the year ranked. They're not ranked anymore. And Sark, what's one player on Oregon you think we should watch out for to really light it up? Yeah, I'm watching out for Khalil Ware. Um, he's a freshman and really high recruit, really high recruit, top 10 on ESPN 100. And um, he's a projected lottery pick, and he doesn't even start for these guys, but he's a really solid big, great rim protector, and he's just a big guy. He's going to – him in their convoy of bigs in that backcourt are going to cause real problems for us. And um, I'm interested to see how Klingon matches up against him, how Sonogo matches up against him. And if- yeah, definitely. It's crazy that at Oregon. It makes sense because we'll get into the depth they have in the front court, but he probably starts at 99% of the schools in the nation, especially as a top 10 recruit freshman, seven footer. And Andrew, what, what's one player you think we should look out for? I'm going to go with the senior center, Nafali Day, who's been lights out this year for Oregon, and I think is going to give Adama Sonogo his biggest test of the year, maybe of the entire season until the Creighton Blue Jays and Kalkrunner come around, but Nafali Dante's averaging 14 and a half a game with nine rebounds, which is pretty crazy. I think he's the best player on the team, and it's pretty, pretty easy decision here. I mean, he, he had a great game against Houston, although they lost, which is fine. They lost by 10 to the number three team in the country. So Houston, Houston's pretty good, but he's really had a pretty good year. But the thing is, is he's not a shooter at all. He will not shoot the basketball from outside the three-point line, which is what Adama, and I've even seen Klingon do it, but he's also actually more of an inside threat more so than I'd say three-point, but still, he's going to give Adama his biggest test of the year easily. Yeah, these guys have two centers who average two blocks a game, and then another one who averages a block and a half a game, and they're all efficient, and they all get rebounds, so they got a really deep front court. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, we should talk about the deep front where we talked about Khalil Ware and Dante. There's also Nate Biddle, another seven-footer. So Dante's, Dante's only listed at 6'11", but they pretty much have three seven-footers out there. And Biddle, he he's he started the past couple of games for Oregon. He started the year on the bench, but he's starting now. So he's really starting at that power forward position as a seven-footer. He's like he's hit a three in all four games, so he's a threat from out there. So I imagine, assuming our starting lineup, the Caravan's going to stay in there. Caravan will get that assignment, even though he has a height advantage, but just that perimeter threat means Caravan will be out there. Do we think that we see some clean Sonogo 4 or 5 action in this game, especially against Oregon with them having three seven-footers? I think we might, honestly. I'd be curious to see how they play with each other out there. Yeah, we might have to. We might have to because of um, just there's going to be a serious mismatch if we don't have 
two seven footers or two big guys out there, there could be a serious mismatch and we could use it to our favor and really push the pace and transition. But I don't know if a caravan could really hold it down against these bigs that they have. So we definitely might have to. Yeah. This is a spot where you really miss Samson, the six ten lengthy guy. He'd definitely be in there for this game guarding one of those guys. So what next man up mentality, caravan clinging. Me, probably not Richie Springs, but you never know if there's foul trouble. You know. A player I think we should look out for is Will Richardson. He's been there forever, it feels like. He's a fifth-year guard, 10 points per game. He was all Pac-12 last year. And he's really one – they're not that deep. We'll get into that next. But he's just 5 of 20 from three this year. So as their point guard, he's not really that big of a threat, but – you should, all, you should still look out for him out there. And for their depth, they only have likely eight scholarship players available for this game because they've had four players that have yet to make their season debut. That's the biggest difference between us and Oregon is we have plenty of people who can shoot the ball, but Oregon doesn't. But Oregon has those guys who will eat you up inside if you do – if you – make mistakes and keep making them but I mean looking at this list Oregon really doesn't have anybody who shoots the ball all that much I mean maybe Quincy Gary or Keyshawn Barthelme but they really don't have guys who can light you up from three so that's I feel like that's a positive to take out of Oregon because definitely having three seven footers is not really ideal yeah and I think the depth thing is so much to our advantage because we have like 10 guys who could play and they're going to have seven, eight max. And so we should tire them out because three of those guys are seven foot plus. They should get tired. And obviously that really talented front court could cause us some problems, but guess who else has a pretty talented front court? UConn does. So I think we should beat these guys. And um, yeah, I think the difference that makes all the difference. Yeah, Andrew mentioned Keyshawn Bartholomew. He's a 6'2 junior guard, and he left the game versus Houston at halftime. He came out of the locker room in street clothes. I think he rolled his ankle or something, so his status is to be determined. He's been a starter for them, so if they lose another key piece, it could be could be rough for their depth. And yeah, let's do some predictions, actually. Do you think we defeat Oregon? I'll start with you, Sark. Do you think we get it done? I most definitely think we beat Oregon. Like I said, they're a talented team, but not very deep, not too much shooting. And I think generally we're a better team than them. And uh, so, yeah, I think we'll I think we'll beat them and maybe even by like 10 or so. Andrew, how about you? Holy technical difficulties. But, yeah, um, I think it's going to be a real good game all the way down to the last buzzer. But I I believe that the Huskies will defeat Oregon. But it's going to come down to a couple of things. They're going to have to play really well inside, especially if it's Klingon and Sonogo. They're really going to have to communicate well. Um, but then our guards, like Hawkins, Newton, are gonna, and Aline, are going to have to hit those threes to make up for Oregon if they're really destroying us inside. You know, if we don't have it inside, that's not really going to be the biggest issue because we can still obviously shoot the ball. 
But if we're not making threes and not making stops inside, there's no way we win. But I think I'm confident we will. Yeah, I also believe we will get the victory. But another thing, it's basically a road game. I mean, playing in Portland against Oregon, I mean, it's going to be a dominant Oregon crowd. I mean, I know UConn travels well, but it's they're going to be outmatched in the stands. But I do think we'll pull it out. I think it'll be closer than some think, but I think we should get the job done. And we'll move on here. So win or lose tomorrow, Thursday night, we play either Michigan State or Alabama. We're two teams ranked in the top 25 ahead of us. Michigan State is at 12, Alabama, I believe, at 18. So let's just let's start with Alabama. Sark, who do you think, who should we look out for if we end up playing against the Crimson Tide? Well, if we play the Crimson Tide, there's one guy who you're going to want to look out for, and that's Brandon Miller, the 6'9 freshman, sharp shooter. Like, he shoots the cover off the ball. He's a deadly shooter, and he had a game against Javel State where he had seven threes on nine attempts. And um, he's another guy who was a projected lottery pick, um, five-star recruit out of high school. And he's this team's best player because not only is he giving them 20 points a game, he's giving them about 10 rebounds a game. So he does it all for this squad. And he's probably arguably the best player in this tournament. Actually, I wouldn't say that because of some guys on UNC, but he's one of the best players in this tournament. So look out for Brandon Miller. Andrew, who you have your eyes on for Alabama? Well, this Crimson Tide team is another pretty tall team. They've got a seven-footer, um, a sophomore, and then Brandon Miller, like Sark said, is 6'9". But my guy is going to be the 6'10 freshman, Noah Clowney, who is not going to be that guy who's going to put up 25 or 30 a game, but he will rebound the ball every single time if UConn's not getting those boards because he's averaging 10 and a half through their first four games. And he's the guy that'll fly in to get those rebounds too, because he's a freshman, obviously starting. Got to be pretty good. So he's going to be my guy to watch, but they have got to box him out because they've even got that guy. They, I think their three, four, five is going to be six foot nine, six foot 10 and seven foot tall. So that's, that's going to be weird. I mean, do you put Aline on a six foot nine guy or do you put Jackson on the three? because he's 6'6 and has crazy hops. It's it's going to be weird playing teams that are this big because we haven't really played anybody like that. But the freshman Clowney is going to be my guy to watch for sure. Yeah, I'm guessing Jackson. I think they'll stick him on Brandon Miller. He's their best offensive threat, and Jackson's our, one of our best defenders, if not the best. So I think that'll be the matchup if we get to there. And my player to watch for Alabama is the transfer Mark Sears, the point guard from Ohio. Had a great year last year. He averaged almost 20 points per game, six rebounds, and four assists. And he's not quite reached that production this year with Bama on a better team, but he's pretty close. 15.3 points per game, 5.5 rebounds, 3.5 assists. And he's shooting a career high 42% from three. And we mentioned the size of the front court. He's only 6'1 at the point guard, so it's definitely – it'll be interesting. Tristan Newton, he's 6'5", he'll likely be guarding him. So maybe Sears, he's pretty shifty. Uh, it'll just be, it'll be interesting to see how they match up. And we'll go, we'll go through the rest of the Alabama starters real quick. They have Namari Burnett. He's a sophomore guard. He's averaging around 10 points per game. He hasn't gotten a double figures yet this season, but he's gotten close every game. 
And he's sloppy with the ball and could be a guy to get a couple turnovers off of, maybe a guy like Aline or Joey Calcaterra to pick his pocket. And they also have Charlo, Char, excuse me, Charles Bediaco, a seven-foot sophomore. He doesn't get a lot of minutes. He's in there really just for a big body. But 4.3 points per game, 6.8 rebounds. He's, in, he's a seven-footer. You never know what he could do. Any other last thoughts on Bama from either of you before we go to some predictions if we were to face them? Yeah, I just want to talk about Brandon Miller again. I don't know why. Something – I like something about this kid, but I was just saying to Connor that he reminds me a lot of Jabari Smith, who we saw in the battle for Atlantis last year, around this time last year. He's just a big guy who's just going to shoot the cover off the ball. So if we play them, I'd be nervous for him because he is just a mismatch nightmare. And even if we throw a guy like uh, Andre Jackson, he's undersized. You throw a guy like Caravan on him, he might not be athletic enough to keep up. So just like I said, keep your eye on him. Yeah, last year we had a guy like Isaiah Whaley who'd be the perfect matchup for him. But this year he's gone, obviously. So we're gonna have to mix and match and see what we can do. So we'll start with the injury this time for predictions. You think if we end up playing Alabama, you think we can defeat them? Well, again, it'll all come down to how we defend. I think our offense is fine to put up 80, 85 points against these good teams but it's going to be how we defend this big lineup. I mean, 6'1", 6'4", you know, you can deal with that, especially Newton with the mismatch on the point guard. But 6'9", 10", and then 7 foot is just – it's not an easy lineup to defend. So I feel like if our defense is there for this game, I think we'll end up beating Alabama. Yeah, I think we could beat Alabama. Um, I think Alabama is a pretty good team. I think UConn's pretty good too, but – the thing is, is like I said, we just have to contain Brandon Miller, make the other guys do something. Um, I don't. I think we could beat these guys. I don't know. Yeah, I think we also do have a chance. It also, it's it's going to be playing back to back games, but so are they. So that fatigue could be a factor in there. But with our depth, I think we should be fine in that department. And yeah, like you said, really containing Brandon Miller and their top scorers is the key because. Like Andrew mentioned, the offense is going to be there, I think, with this team pretty much every night. If the defense is there as well, they have a good shot. And we'll go to Alabama's opponent in the opener, Michigan State, who's a familiar foe for us. Played them last year as well. They come into this, they're 3-1, they're but they've played a pretty tough schedule to this point. They lost to number two at the time, Gonzaga, by one point. And they beat number four, Kentucky, and also beat Villanova. And that Villanova win, it's not as pretty as it was in past years, but he still defeated Villanova. And Sark, what's a player player to watch for Michigan State? Yeah, I'm looking out for um, Mady Siosko, who's the another one of those big guys from Mali. He's actually pretty comparable to Dama Sinogo in size. And – he went up against Kentucky and Gonzaga. Like you said, they've had a tough schedule so far. And he had 16-8 and eight against Kentucky and 14-9 and nine against Gonzaga. So, obviously, he's a premier big, and he's doing this on good efficiency. So, I'm looking out for him. Yeah, we if we end up playing them, it would be the 25th. So, that should be a year ago on the 25th we played them, and we lost 64-60. to 60. And Cisco 
Sissico, excuse me, he played only four minutes in that game. So he's got a much larger role this year. Andrew, who's your player to watch for the Spartans? Well, unlike Oregon, both Alabama and Michigan State have tall guys who can shoot the basketball. And I don't know if you guys watch the NBA or anybody's listening that watches the NBA, but Sam Hauser on the Celtics' brother, Joey Hauser, a six foot nine, two hundred twenty pound senior at Michigan State, and if you leave him open on the perimeter, he's going to shoot it all day. I mean, he had twenty three points and eight rebounds in their win against Kentucky, which they won by nine, by the way, which went into I believe double overtime. That was a that might be the craziest game of the year so far, but he's averaging 14 a game with six rebounds and just one assist, you know, he's going to be that Tyler Pauly guy, but a lot more efficient because he can pass the ball and he can rebound too, but 47 and a half from the field. And he can shoot his free throws, 78.8. And he's also 50% from free three, which is seems like it's not great, but he'll take 10, 11, 12 threes in the game if you leave him open. So he's going to be my guy to watch. And Jackson's going to have to really defend him well. Yeah, I don't know what those Hauser kids were being fed when they were growing up, but they're both big guys who could really shoot it. His brother Sam's over there having a great year for Boston right now. So, uh, I don't know. That's just a funny thing to me. Yeah, in last year's matchup, Joey Hauser came off the bench, played 19 minutes. He was the sixth man. He had two threes, six rebounds, really just a – Filled his role well in the win last year. Uh, my player to watch is the point guard, Tyson Walker. Last year against us, he, he was also as a starting point guard. He only had six points and three assists. But earlier in their win versus Villanova this year, he had 22 points. So he's starting to light it up more. He's averaging 13.5 points and 4.8 assists. And he's shooting the ball not that great from three, 35.3%. But he's a guy I believe open. Like, pretty much everybody on this team, they're going to knock it down. And I'll start with my prediction if we play Michigan State. I think this is probably going to be our toughest opponent of the three that we can play in the first two games. I think we have the ability to pull it off, but just look at – they already defeated Villanova, beat Kentucky, and barely lost to Gonzaga. It's going to be really tough. We have to play play well, especially in, in a back-to-back. I, I could easily see us losing, but I think we have the pieces to pull it off. Sark? Yeah, I don't even know how to feel about this game yet because we haven't seen UConn. I'll know how to feel, obviously, after we play Oregon and then play the game after that. But I just don't know how to feel about this yet because we've seen Michigan State have some crazy matchups this year where they played really well. And we haven't seen UConn do that. And I think we could win this game. I think we're talented enough. And we actually match up all right against these guys. But I don't know. We'll have to see. I'm not going to make a prediction on this yet. So I guess for now – I'm going to say. Now, obviously, I think that UConn can win every game this year. But the thing you have to think about is what happened, you know, last year. They had, I think that was a year ago today. It was either today or tomorrow. But that double overtime game against Auburn was one of the best UConn games I've watched in recent date. Um, and they, they easily beat the best team in that tournament. But then come Thanksgiving, they had it all game and lost it in the second half and lost by a four to Michigan State. So, you know, it's really all going to come down to how they play that first game against Oregon. They're shooting the ball fine. They're defending fine. They're going to have that momentum. 
But something I want to touch on is Alabama is favored to beat Michigan State at 70.8%, and Michigan State has the 29.2% favor, but that's definitely something to look at because a team like Alabama really doesn't come at you as like a basketball school, definitely more football, where Michigan State comes at you as both. But I think that might be one of the best games of this tournament, that Alabama-Michigan State game. But obviously, I'm going to take my Huskies for right now, but it all depends on how those first two games go. Yeah, that Michigan State game last year, as you mentioned, it was the day after. I don't know I don't know the exact number, maybe like 15, 16 hours after a double overtime win against Auburn. They also, we didn't have Isaiah Whaley for that game, if you guys remember. He, he fainted after the Auburn game, so he we're missing a big piece there. He probably could have limited maybe Joey Hauser, maybe take away some threes, and that made a big difference in the game. Yeah, and the thing about the game last year was, like you said, Tyson Walker didn't play well, and he's really a good guard. And I'm expecting him to play better this time. And we really had that game in the bag without Walker playing well. And they ended up beating us. And I really feel like he'll play better. So we'll see what we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, the guy that really beat us last year was Gabe Brown, and he's unfortunately no longer there. He had 16 points and 10 rebounds. And he felt he felt like he was making everything. And their only other guy in double figures that came, Julius Marble, 15 points off the bench in just 10 minutes. He's no longer with the program either. So it's a different look Spartans team from last year. But if we match up, it should be a really good matchup. And we'll just briefly touch upon the other half of the bracket. We're not going to go too in-depth because there's four teams. We're only playing one of them. In the first game of the tournament, it's North Carolina versus Portland, which – I'd be shocked if North Carolina lost to Portland. It would be a crazy upset. And the second game, Iowa State-Villanova, Those that's a, that'll be an interesting matchup. The two, Villanova will likely be favored and should win. But Iowa State, they made the tournament last year, made a decent little run. I think I think it'll be interesting. Um, which, of these, which of these teams do you want to see UConn face off the most? Oh, I guess I'll say. Out of those four, Sark? Yeah, I really want to see them go against UNC. You know, Natty runner-up, two amazing players in number one in the country. So, obviously, I'd like to see how we stack up against them. But, first of all, we'd have to make it through, you know, the semifinals, which is a tough task. But I would love to see UNC. Yeah, Andrew, how about you? I'd also love to see UNC just to see how Adama or Klingon matches up against Baycott because he's obviously probably a top three big in college, I'd say, along with Oscar Tishwabe and Drew Timmy from Kentucky and Gonzaga. But I would love to see how a guy like Sonogo matches up against a guy like Baycott, who's been talked about really since he came to North Carolina. But they've also got obviously got a pretty easy – first game against Portland. Um, and what it's looking like as I'm looking at the bracket right now is that we'll end up playing them in the championship if that happens. And I feel like that'd be even good for us if we lost by 20 because we'd be going against a top team in the country and it would really teach our guys how to defend a team like that because that would easily be the best team we see all season, obviously, until March. But even Villanova, I'd love to see us beat them in a tournament. That would just 
that would make me happy if we beat Villanova in a tournament. Yeah, we couldn't get them in the Big East, but we'll get them in the PKI right after that. Yeah, I'm the same with you guys. I really want to see how we face off against Carolina, obviously the number one team in the country. And I feel like we secret, secretly, quietly match up with them pretty well. I mean, Baycott, he's a dominant big, but we have a dominant big and Adama Sanogo. Caleb Love is a good point guard, but Tristan Newton, I think defensively, he could be able to hold him in a little bit. R.J. Davis, he he's another another ball handler. I don't know. He's kind of he, he's a little bit of a mismatch with Jordan Hawkins because he's smaller, I believe. He's six foot. So that'd be a little bit of a mismatch. He's a crafty guard that can get buckets. But Leaky Black, he, he matches up well with Andre Jackson. I don't think Jackson will end up guarding him because he's not the biggest offensive threat. But they match up well. And Pete Nance, kind of like a stretch big, I think Caravan would match up well with. So I really want to see the matchup. Hopefully, it'll be in the championship game. I mean, we obviously could face them if we both if we both lose the second game. We face them, but I think it, I definitely want to see them play Carolina. And as Andrew said, Nova, we pulled beat them early on in the season when we have two more matchups, maybe even three in the Big East tournament. So we'll do one last thing here. We'll go we'll go around and see. Who do you think is going to win this tournament? Sorry, who do you think is going to take away the PK-85? Well, I'd feel bad saying anything besides UConn. And the bias in me also can't say anything besides UConn because I always have tunnel vision thinking, oh, we could be anyone in the country. Now, will it turn out that way? It's hard to say. This is a really, really stacked tournament. You know, might be the best one going in college right now. So I'm going to say UConn, but in all likelihood, I feel like – a Michigan State could end up with this one, um, or UNC could end up with this one. I don't really see Nova or Alabama winning it, but I'm going to say UConn. <laughs> Go Huskies. How about you, Andrew? I'm going to go with, obviously, got to go with my Huskies, but for a lot of reasons, you know, if they're playing their best basketball this early, and they win a tournament this early, they're just going to go full steam ahead just until the end of the season, really. But that first one against Oregon should be a win for us, but we're going to get a really big test against either Alabama or Michigan State. And if it is ends up being UConn versus Michigan State for that second game, I think whoever wins that game is going to end up winning the tournament because a team like North Carolina, they could take a game too easily. I feel like if they have to play somebody like Iowa State after beating Portland, they could really take that game too lightly and end up losing. Definitely not something to turn away from, but I feel like whoever wins that UConn versus Michigan State game, if it happens, will end up winning it. Yeah, if we win this tournament, we'll come out with the top five ranking. So that'd be pretty cool. And if we don't win this tournament, um, you know, this tournament will tell us a lot about this team. They're either going to be as of right now, top five or, you know, 20s. So we'll see. Yeah, for sure. If we beat Oregon in Portland, defeat a team ranked higher than us, either Alabama or Michigan State, and then end up beating number one Carolina, how do you not rank us in the top five at that point? We'd be like 8-0 and with three really good wins. And I'm also obviously going to say I think UConn can pull it off, but 
If we don't, I think it's going to be either Michigan State or Alabama. I think they can defeat – both of them can defeat UNC. We saw UNC, they're 4-0, number one in the country. But they haven't been dominant as of, as of so far because they opened up with UNC Wilmington, who we also played, and they only won 69-56 to 56 by 13 points. And it was closer than that at halftime. And we blew out UNC Wilmington by like 30-something, 40-something. And they also only won by six against Gardner-Webb at home. So they're not – they haven't looked invincible for a number one team. So I think that will end up falling to either us, Michigan State, or Alabama, whoever makes it to that championship game. My realistic hope for this tournament is that we make it to that championship game. You know, if we beat Oregon and we beat a team ranked above us, we're going to move up in the rankings, which is really just what I want to see. You know, if we make it to the championship game and get waxed by Carolina, fine. You know, they're the better team. They're number one in the country. It'll be a good learning experience. But I really just want to defeat Oregon and defeat Michigan State because, as you guys probably know, and the rest of the world, there are a lot of haters on UConn saying that they don't know how to win tournament games and Hurley's just a good recruiter, not a good coach. You know, I feel like by winning or even making it to the championship in this tournament, we can really shut all those people up because A, it's not true. And B, I mean, think back to that 2019 season and how far we could have gone in not only ACC tournament, but also March Madness in general if COVID didn't happen. Um, and then obviously we didn't play our best games against 12th Maryland and um, Maryland and New Mexico State. But I feel like a tournament like this could really shut those haters up. Um, but, yeah, that's just what I'm looking for. Make it to the championship. That would make me real happy. Yeah, I know we're all talking definitely positive here for the Huskies. But there's there's a path that's definitely reasonable that we end up losing to Oregon and then we drop a game to either Alabama or Michigan State. We're 0-2. And then odds are we're playing Portland in that last game. So if we go one and two in this tournament and just defeat Portland for our one win, that why even go at that point? It really hurts the resume more than anything. Yeah, that would definitely drop us right out of the top twenty-five. I mean, looking at it here, we lose to Oregon. We oh man, that would that would just really be not worth it. I mean, even if we lose that second game to a team ranked higher than us I mean we won a game in a tournament and I feel like we could be happy with that but there definitely is a path where UConn can win this tournament all right I think that'll just about do it for our PK85 preview and hope you guys enjoyed it it should be a great tournament even if no matter if UConn wins or loses there's eight I'll call eight screw it Portland's they're in it for a reason. Eight good programs. And, yeah, it should be a fun weekend of hoops. So thank you all for tuning in. We'll have an episode recapping the PK85 next week. So look out for that. And have a happy Thanksgiving, everyone. And thanks for watching.